Yes. It's your boy Jay Barber here for Studio Noise, bringing you these special episodes in partnership with Stay Home Gallery, supporting their 2021 Curatorial Fellowship. I was paired with the amazing sister, Miss Jasmine Wilson, who curated a show called Inward. Inward is inspired by our own collective isolation and intimate encounters with ourselves. It centers the work of artists who confront their beauty, identity, and personal struggles through portraiture. And so I'm bringing you kind of a mini artist talk in conjunction with the virtual show. I'm so glad to have with me today one of the artists from the show, Miss Ann Dawkins. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing, girl? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. It's been such a pleasure to talk to all the artists from the show and get a little bit of get to know who they are. They go along with all these beautiful images that's included in it. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, <laughs> about myself or about my work? Uh, about yourself. We'll start with you. <laughs> we'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, right now I'm living in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I've been um, teaching as a visiting assistant professor of painting and drawing. Nice. Um, and I have been making work for the last uh, three to four years about um, a chronic illness diagnosis that I had when I was in grad school. So I've been kind of like dealing with that through through the work. So was that something that you always had and you couldn't explain or in or how did that? No, come about? It, it happened really suddenly. It happened in my second year of, of graduate school. Um, and they couldn't really figure out what was going on. So there was a lot of like turmoil and fear around them just like not knowing what was going on with me and not knowing how to fix it. Um, so that was like pretty stressful on top of being in grad school, which I'm sure, you know, is already like a really stressful. Oh yeah, experience. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So um, that's so, interesting. What, what is the, what does it feel like? The, the illness? No, the, the, the pain, like where was, where was the, I hate to say it like that. It sounds kind of, <laughs> sounds really weird, but say, like, where is the pain coming from like, um, what, what were you what was the feeling that you were having well i was having all this vertigo and like dizziness mm, mm-hmm. um and like lightheadedness and i was fainting and i couldn't keep food down and i was like really nauseous and sick all the time um there was something going on with my brain and they couldn't really figure it out and um for a long time they thought that it was ms Mm. Um, but then they, they diagnosed this as uh, vestibular, chronic vestibular migraines. Um, so it's like the vestibular nerve in your inner ear that affects your brain and it affects like your balance um, and your equilibrium, which I didn't realize was as important as, as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's for sure. That's definitely something that you just take for granted that you could just stand up straight and not think about it. Like, that's right. wild. So I'm sure that affected your practice, like, tremendously. Yeah, it's, like, all, I mean, so many sensory things. Like, I get now, like, lights and sounds and smells and foods and weather changes and wow. all these things super affect my brain's ability to, like, cope with everyday life. So it's, like, changed my life so drastically, like, every aspect of my life. But it's sort of this invisible illness because it's you tell people you have migraines and they're like, Oh, I get, I get headaches too. And you're like, well, it's not really the same. Yeah, I mean, it's not, not, the same. not quite. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. And so what is it? Is it, was it triggered by something or they still have no idea? Um, you know, everybody has different theories. I think 
partly it was hereditary and then partly it was triggered by stress and sort of like just not taking care of myself. Mm. Like in grad school, you're not sleeping and you're <laughs> not eating well. Yeah. You're stressed. So yeah. I think that kind of like brought yeah, it on. Studio snacks and, and long hours. <laughs> it yeah, kind of caught sure. up with you. Yeah. Oh, man, that's wow. And so this was how long was this before the pandemic? It was finally I got the diagnosis in late 2018. And that's when I started making this body of work. So I was making this work about sort of the feeling of your body being this vulnerable thing that is, you know, unpredictable and kind of leaves us as targets to illness and disease. Um, and, then the, and then the pandemic happened. So that was like, oh my gosh, um, what I, the work that I was already making about this sort of like feeling of vulnerability in our physicality of our bodies and then the pandemic hit and it in a weird way it felt like I was prepared for the quarantine like I've been mm. training for it <laughs> wow, because I yeah. was already sort of living in this isolated way um and I had spent I was spending a lot of time alone you know because like when you get sick you sort of have to retreat um and you go through all this trauma and it, it kind of makes it difficult to relate to people in the same way mm -hmm. um there's that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you weird at parties. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when the pandemic hit, for, you know, it sounds weird to say it because obviously it was so traumatic and horrible in so many ways, but it, it almost felt reassuring in a way because what I was going through now, suddenly the world was going through and it felt like everyone was sort of accepting this vulnerability um, and those vulnerable parts of themselves. <laughs> It made me feel less alone in like my isolation and struggle. So now I'm learning to feel more connected to people. Um, it's sort of like this like moment of solitude and introspection. You look at it as something that might like hinder your connection to others. Right. Yeah. Um, but it can actually really deepen our connections and make our relationships more meaningful when we're like sitting with ourselves and in touch with ourselves and you know we appreciate that connection more. Right. I think I said it in, in another episode with another one of the artists, but just the idea of having everything cut away, like getting off the hamster wheel and you being blank in a blank space. Yeah. Uh, you are you get to add what you want or what you think you need into the space. And so that becomes yeah. a more true representation of who you are. And part ah. of you are still, even though you were retreating through circumstance, you still wanted that connection. So you got to rebuild it almost like going through this time period. Yeah. In a more, in a more meaningful way, I think like initially I hated getting off the hamster wheel. Like I was all about the hamster wheel <laughs> Yeah. and things got quiet and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind. Like having to just sit in the quiet and sit with yourself and kind of like face everything that you were running away from and just, figuring out how to like calm yourself without distraction. Right. Um, it's so difficult. Like I, <laughs> I first started meditating after I got sick and I hated it so much. It was like, <laughs> I was this like angry feminist who didn't want to be told to calm down, you know? So it was like so hard for me to just like try to force myself to sit in the quiet. And now I, God, now I love it. It's like, yeah, that's... I have all this energy and I have all this like ability to meet my own needs and be my own hero and I'm, like looking for anyone else to make me feel good, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's a huge change for you. Yeah. I love <laughs> that, Joe. 
I'm going to bring it back to the work a little bit and talk about one piece of um, this is from the writing from I think it might have been from the your website. Um, mm-hmm. Thick old point to describe the visceral and fleshy qualities of neglected, discarded and partially consumed fruit, fruit as a representation of the vulnerable and uncontrollable physicality of the human body. Now, one, that's amazing writing. So you had to have been a star at your MFA program, (laughs) (laughs) right, like that. But yeah, but talk about that sentiment, because I think that perfectly, to me, perfectly described the work that I see that's included in this show. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think there's just something about fruit that I felt like could really, could really represent feeling like you have this body that's susceptible to like age and and rot and contamination and uh any any sort of yeah any sort of rottenness from the world or from yourself um and there's just something about the way that fruit looks there's so many correlations between fruit and the human body and like the connective tissues in our body and the tissues in fruit um and the fleshiness of fruit and the fleshiness of our bodies so the work um i'm taking fruit and then sort of painting it in this really visceral thick way and then relating it to the, the closely cropped in sections of, of the body. It's, it's all self-portraiture, but it's sort of like dissected. Um, so in strawberry tongue, I have a tongue that's sort of mimicked in the shape and the color of the strawberry. Um, and then in acidic lungs, the it's like a dried out orange that's placed below a neck. So it feels like it's um, lungs. Yeah, and I think let's pause right there for on acidic <laughs> lungs. And I think that was one of the the really striking pieces, and I think it works on several levels, right? So the yeah. the title acidic lungs immediately puts you into mention that like these are lungs, like the shapes of the shape of the orange and the placement immediately take you to the lungs. But then there's the person above may or may not be in some distress, right? And so right. I think, tell me about the, the play and all these different levels that's going on in this piece. There's so much. <laughs> all of the poses started as they were like these uh, exercises and stretches that I was doing when I was in rehabilitation. So I had all this like neck pain and stiffness from the from the migraines. Um, so that's like where that like stretched up neck came from. And I just like the juxtaposition of the fact that it felt like really vulnerable like you're exposing this this neck in a way that feels like scary um but then it's also kind of it's also kind of aggressive in a sense so i I like that juxtaposition um and i felt when people were reacting to the painting i felt like i had tried to keep it open enough that it was open to many different interpretations so people could kind of reflect on it their own experiences so i had people talk to me about um you know, asthma attacks and things like that. Mm. It feels like your lungs are dried out and you can't breathe out of them. Um, so I don't, there's just so many things that I'm trying to do. <laughs> Sometimes maybe maybe too many things. Uh, but just this, it's like anxiety. It's like it could be asthma. It could be neck pain. It could be, it could be all of these things, right? It's just that feeling of like losing control and like of things not functioning properly the way they're meant to. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's great when a, when you can make art that is sort of an incomplete sentence and then the viewer <laughs> has to fill it in like with and they bring into their own experience into it with it. So it's funny. I never thought of asthma 
Like even though my yeah. kids do have asthma, I did think of um of smoking, like in in yeah. in trouble breathing, like when I thought of it. But in in looking at the neck, when you, that is very vulnerable because it it especially on a woman, right? We got to talk about yeah. a little bit about the politics of the feminine body included yeah. in some of this stuff. And so the neck of a woman is such a delicate thing, right? Mm-hmm. And in in the way that we see it in society and I don't I don't know, <laughs> it makes me think of, of so much danger in terms of yeah. exposing yourself and being so open and unprotected in that way. Yeah. I think that was what I was experiencing was feeling super, super exposed and without a safety net. And uh, I think I try, I try to, sometimes my paintings are like just several like bullet points of things. Like I want it to be this and I want it to be that. Right. Yeah. And then in this painting, it felt like things started to ebb and flow and really, and really come together. Yeah. And with that, then the, in, in contrast to that, I think CD underbelly, doesn't have the same visceral anxiousness. Um, so describe that one. Um, so it's it's a papaya that's rotten, and I wanted it to have kind of like a yonic vaginal shape. Um, and then the next image is it's um, it's me crossing one leg over the other. So it's almost like what's seen in the papaya isn't seen in the next image so it's like i'm i'm covering up what you what you can see in the first image but you can't see it in the second image mm-hmm. um but then it's also there's like a sexuality to it because i'm like sticking my hip out as i'm crossing my leg over um it was another exercise of like stretching out the spine and your hips um but then it was something that i felt like juxtaposed that that sexuality and that vulnerability like i was crossing over and refusing to show um, that aspect of myself, but the papaya is like brazen and bold and on display in this sort of aggressive way. And it's like rotting. There's all this like mold on it in a way that to me, it feels like the most disturbing painting. Right. Um, just because that's, I mean, talk about a vulnerable part of yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yo. And it's, it's so much, uh, even societal force that goes around the body part too. Right. So it's, yeah. it, it doesn't, and I guess I asked you this because I, I obviously I'm a man. So, but I take it from a woman. Like, like how do you, how do you feel about that kind of politics being put onto your body in that way? I mean, it's just such an aspect of being a woman. I just feel like the personal is so political. Like, you cannot escape that. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that I've tried to address in my work and sort of deal with in that way. So when I talk about like um you know illness and disease being this this thing that targets us there's also obviously like evil and objectification and hate and and all of these things that are involved in being a woman and i think they're they're sort of in the same in the same body like it it feels it feels like they're two representations of the same idea mm-hmm. i guess i'm trying to say is yeah. just having this having this body that feels so separate from you, um, that feels like it's not within your control and other people are gonna place worth on that body. And there's really nothing you can do about that. It's people are gonna see your body maybe as a sexual object or something 
that's separate from yourself, something that's seen as something to act upon, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that uh, just on along that lines, just in having a conversation where sexuality gets brought into it a little bit, that may be tinting how I now look at strawberry tongue. Tell me a little bit about that policy. I know you described it, described it visually, but tell me a little bit about the thoughts that went into it. So the strawberry has all of these connotations um, in like Christian medieval folklore. And uh, it has these like symbols of purity um, and virginity, but then it also has temptation and sin. So Mm. I kind of wanted to play with that juxtaposition. Um, And then the placement was really important for me for that painting. So there's like this moldy spot on the strawberry and it's getting dangerously close to the mouth in a way that I wanted, I wanted to make people feel really uncomfortable about how, how close that moldy spot was to the tongue. Just thinking about like placing your tongue, like getting your tongue close to rot and mold is so viscerally disturbing, you know? Yeah. Um, and it is like, it's a, it's a sexual, pose as well um but then again it's it's vulnerable because it's the back side of your tongue right it's like you're opening your mouth and exposing the like i don't know what those are called like the <laughs> yeah that, that thing yeah right. your tongue to your mouth. It's, it's even thinking about it it's giving me the creeps a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah that's interesting so i think it sounds as if the your um uh chronic pain had more to do to change your practice than necessarily the pandemic did. Tell me a yeah. little bit about how you see your practice now developing in in kind of the midst of this struggle that you have. It feels like so the work where I'm doing these split compositions where it's like two images and one on one canvas. So they're completely separate from one another but you can't you can't see one without the other. Mm-hmm. Um is this sort of idea of feeling like my body is something that's apart from me and something that is preventing me from doing the things that I want to do. And now, I don't know, it's with the pandemic, it feels like I've just, everyone's just gotten more comfortable, I think, with talking about, with uh, talking about illness and talking about mental health and and just feeling like connected to each other and not trying to act like everything is okay. Um, so through the process of of that, I think I've gotten more comfortable with, instead of seeing my body as a separate entity, I'm seeing it as something that's like closer to me and a part of me and I've sort of embraced and accepted it instead of fighting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and through this, the last few years, I mean, the pandemic was just like, it just, it, you know, on top of everything else that I was going through, it was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> but right. through that, it's like I've I've made all of these decisions to let my body into my life and and to honor my limitations and my need and give myself time to rest and recover and stop fighting that. And so that's like reflected in my own life. But then it's also being reflected in the work. So I've started making work where they're no longer separate entities. So I'm making work where it's the fruit is the only representation of the body or it's it's my body interacting directly with the fruit without that divide. Mm. Right. So it's this sort of like more connected direct approach. 
Right. Do you think your artwork helped you come to that realization, real revelation, or was it the other way around? I think it was both. Hmm. <laughs> I started to I started to come to terms with things, and then I started making the work, and then through the process of making the work, I felt like I came out on the other side. Um, and you know, I can't. Even though I made I started making the work before the pandemic, the pandemic definitely has fueled the work and I think also kind of changed the way that people interact with the work because it's no longer this isolating experience like everybody is dealing with right. fear and dread of illness and, and feeling vulnerable and feeling susceptible to these outside forces right because I think in, in just in the course of living I think that's a lot of stuff that you do have to deal with but you can use life as a distraction Right. You can use yeah. like going to work and, and running errands and, you know, all this other stuff that uh, we can surround ourselves with and kind of ignore like those issues. Like when it's not there, <laughs> like you said, you're sitting in a room with all of your insecurities or or or, or symptoms or whatever it is that's bothering yeah. you. And you have to deal with it because there's nothing else <laughs> for you to <laughs> deal with at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could watch. TV for a week straight, but, <laughs> but sooner yeah, or later, it's going to come around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the queue runs out after a while. Like, no matter, no matter how long your queue is, like, it's going to run out. Nah, I, I definitely feel that. So, so I think in, this has been a great process for you, like, to discover, like, these new things about yourself or, or just coming to terms with uh, your situation. So now, as you look at it, how do you view your outlook going forward? I'm like <laughs> right in the process of making all of these changes in my life. I actually just resigned from my job. That's weird to confess that. Um, but so I've decided to kind of devote myself 100% to my studio practice and, wow. and yeah. then my physical and mental health. Um, so I'm really excited about that because there are so many things that I was, I were, I was doing a lot. I was working a lot and not necessarily putting my own well-being first like it my ambition and the things that i felt like i needed to achieve were coming first um right and so now i'm in the process of kind of like reformulating my priorities <laughs> in a way that feels really exciting and like i just there's a lot of possibilities yeah, I, I think that's the American dream, right? To, to quit your job <laughs> and get your own studio space and, and just do what you love. Yeah, I think the American dream is so much of the problem. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true, yo. So true. <laughs> that yeah. like capitalist thinking, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yo. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so uh, well, tell, them, tell everybody where they can keep up with you and they can check out your work and see more. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is AnnCD and my website is AnnDawkins.com. That's what's up. Thank you so much for coming in and really love the work you included in the show. Thank you so much. That's it for this special episode of Studio Noise. Just think of these special episodes as the mini artist talk to go along with the show, the virtual online exhibition, Inward 
You can find it at stayhomegallery.com slash exhibitions slash inward. So check out the work from the show. Come back, listen to the artist for the show. It's all a good time, baby. <laughs> That's what we do. And of course, if you like what you hear, you want to hear more from Studio Noise. We got over 117 episodes in the archive ready for you to check out. Just waiting. All the artists, black artists that you want to know, that you need to know right here on The Noise. We sure do appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Come back. Hear the rest of the artists in the show. Come back for more noise. And we'll see y'all next time. Appreciate you.